Amber and Amanda here. We'd like to introduce you to the newest podcast, Article 15, produced by Veterans Drinking Vodka Production and hosted by our good friend, Ryan Brazel. Article 15 is attempting to bring both awareness and an end to 22 veterans committing suicide every day. Ryan speaks with everyday veterans with everyday issues for veterans acclimated back into civilian life. New episodes are released every Friday. Check it out and don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Amber, what are you drinking today? Well, Amanda, I still haven't gone to the liquor store, so I'm drinking the lovely Bush Lights. Oh, you're going hardcore today. Hardcore trailer trash. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I've heard that it's actually not that bad. Bush Light's really good, especially after the first one. <laughs> Everything's good after the better. first one. <laughs> it's all right. It's cheap. I'm cheap. Gets the job done. And I haven't gone to the liquor store. Once I go to the liquor store, I'll be back on vodka. No worries. Whatever, whatever else I <laughs> decide to purchase one there since, you know. Right. What are you drinking, Amanda? Um, I'm actually drinking one of my favorites. It's a pineapple orange guava juice with just plain old vodka. Plain old vodka. Plain old vodka. Plain juice. We need to get together so that we can make drinks for each other. Oh my gosh. For the I, podcast. I don't know Not if I'd be able to get for, to an episode if you were making my drink. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I make them strong? Maybe. I'm going to give you a peach crown. <laughs> I'm going to get a party. <laughs> There's a reason I don't drink that in public. There's <laughs> a reason why I quit drinking it on the hangouts. Welcome to this episode of Veterans Drinking Vodka. We believe that every veteran has a story to tell, and we are here to tell them. We have found that being a service member was easy, but being a veteran can be very hard. In this episode, we are talking to Petrina Stoskov. Hello, how are you? (laughs) Petrina served in the United States Army and the National Guard from 1992 until 2017. Uh, she served as a 91 Mike, which is a diet tech, 71 Lima, which is admin assistant, and a 70 Foxtrot, which is a medical service HR officer. How how are you doing today, Petrina, and what are you drinking? I'm doing fine. A little chilly, and I am drinking wine, and this is Viper. Ooh, <laughs> Viper wine. Is it a... Sweet? It's a red and it's uh, semi-sweet. Okay. Yeah. I can't do the dry. Awesome. I can't do dry wine. Oh no, me either. I like sweet. I like sweet, sweet, but it's a semi-sweet and it's awesome. Oh, I'm gonna have to hook you up with some some wine from New York. There's a wine. It's called Ruby. It's by Schultz Winery, and uh, they're out of Rochester area. Okay. Tastes like grape juice. It's thirteen and a half percent. Oh my goodness, love it. And it yes. is delicious. My mother taught me to how to buy wine. We buy it for the sweetness and the alcohol content. So you buy wine based on the percentage of booze that's in it. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I buy it. And then there's some wine. There's another one I like called Rosa Regala, and that one was made specifically to have with chocolate. Oh, it's a sparkling yeah. red. Yeah, it's awesome. That sounds good. Delicious. I actually just drank um I had a bottle. When did I drink that bottle of wine? Last Sunday. 
Yeah. I drank it out of the bottle. It was, I've had it for, since I moved here from North Carolina, it's from a, a Wait, winery. You, in you drank Carolina. it straight from the bottle? Yeah, straight yeah. from the bottle. Yes, I did. <laughs> that reminds me when I was in high school. <laughs> Told you. Moon's Farm. <laughs> oh, well, this was real. This was real. Right. I used to drink Moon's Farm out the bottle, too, in high school. I think, every, I think you were wrong if you didn't drink Boone's Farm in high school. Well, yeah, you know, I did that, and then uh, Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, which is biting me in the butt now. But <laughs> <laughs> that meme is the best when they're like, "We already survived Twenty Twenty. We got this year." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do you kids know about? Funny. We already survived Twenty Twenty once. My name is Doc. I am hosting a softball tournament in June. Actually, it will be June 3rd, 4th, and 5th, the first weekend. It's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday event to raise money for Mission 22 to help prevent veteran suicide. Because as you know, 22 veterans a day commit suicide. I would love for y'all to be a part of this tournament by giving donations. I can be reached by email, beard, B-E-A-R-D, bash, B-A-S-H dot softball at gmail.com. I would greatly appreciate as many donations as possible. And it does not have to be $5, $10. It can be 50 cents. All money, all proceeds will go to Mission 22. Katrina, can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and how your story started? So I was born in Kansas and then I grew up in North Dakota. My mom and dad were both teachers. And my mom had gotten two job offers. Uh, one was in North Dakota, and I forget, I, I don't even remember where the other one was, but my dad told her to take the one in North Dakota because it had better hunting. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how we ended up in North Dakota. And obviously in North Dakota, there's not a lot to do. It's sports. <laughs> Let me see, sports, gambling, or poker, and drinking. So yeah, that's pretty much how it went. <laughs> Apparently, uh, there's a little bit of hunting up there too. If that well, was, yeah, yeah, well, okay, that's on way to go there. <laughs> that's true, and it's, it's combined with uh, drinking as well. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta st- okay, drinking. Well, you gotta stay warm. Anyways, right. yeah, and then yep. um, oh yeah, of course, off roading or mudding, a lot of okay. that. And and drinking. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a, it sounds like Texas just cold. It sounds like Apache Junction, Arizona. <laughs> yes, yes. Except sometimes we would take uh, snowmobiles to the bars and you just went bar hopping via snowmobile. <laughs> they do that here too, but with horses. Yes. Now that one though that's harder to stay on though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of these old men are really good at it. You can see them like them horses are probably so trained to know when they're drunk. Yeah, like you can see exactly horses just taking them home. (laughs) True. What led you to to join the army, Patrina? And then after the army, of course, you went to the National Guard. And why did you start out as a diet tech and change jobs? Okay, well, dumbass me quit college to follow a guy, which was a huge (laughs) mistake. So then I was doing, uh, when that kind of went south, I ended up working like three jobs and I wanted to go back to college. So I said, well, you know, my dad was prior military and we talked and 
and my brother had joined the Marines. And so I said, well, you know, why not? I had friends that were recruiters. So I said, yeah, I want to go in. I want to go in for three years. I want to be a diet tech and I want the big bucks for college. And my recruiter, he was a buddy. So he said, okay. And the reason I wanted diet tech was because I was into, you know, sports, fitness, bodybuilding. And I thought how perfect, you know, I'm going to learn more about, you know, diets and stuff like that. And, you know, the military medical side, oh, they're going to be fit and just in shape. (laughs) Yeah, that's a no. (laughs) So that was was why I started. That's why I started. Oh, that's great. And then why did you end up changing to uh, administrative assistant? Well, okay, so I I finished my three-year con- three-year contract, um, active duty as a diet tech, and I was in Colorado, and I wanted to go back to college. I was still trying to decide what I was going to do, and so I went back to college, and I knew that you could get college money from the Guard, the National Guard. So I went straight from active duty into the National Guard, and it was actually into an MP unit, which was kind of fun because I got to do some MP stuff. It always seemed like the National Guard, we always had drill on my worst weekends for college. You know, like I had a test in every class the next week and we would have drill. But I did that for about four years and ended up coming, started in Colorado, Colorado Springs. Well, it was Pueblo. And then came to Texas National Guard and went to UTSA. While I was at UTSA, I joined the um, ROTC using my GI Bill had gotten from when I was enlisted. And so I did that on my own and graduated and came back active duty as a medical service corps officer. Awesome. Cheers to all of that military career. Like, honestly. Wow. That's awesome. So then you're actually, you got out as an officer then. I retired as an officer. So I I have two I have two DD 214s, one in, enlist, well, actually three if you count my National Guard. Right. So enlisted, um, but the National Guard one is what a, I forgot what form they call it, but I got that. And then the officer. Yeah, my National Guard one, I think, I want to say I didn't get my DD 214 version until like 10 years into my active duty officer. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow. oh, so I'm, I'm so glad you guys finally decided to you're like, okay. Yeah. You're our first officer. This is is our first officer. I'm cheers with you again. This is awesome. It's exciting. So I read, I feel like I want to say that she did all these things in the army the first time and then in the National Guard. And then she came back active duty as a medical service officer. Officer. Yeah, medical service corps officer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. That oh, that's so awesome. You just kept on going. You were like, I'm bored. Let me see what else I can do. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, as I said, when I first joined, I said, I'm just doing it for three years. I'm getting the money for college. I'm going back to college because, you know, stupid me following a boy. But when I was in, I was like, oh, my God, I think these are my people. Yeah. And I, I missed it even when I was enlisted. But, you know, there was just things that. I said, all right, I'm going to be an officer because people wouldn't listen to me when I was enlisted. You know, when I was at E4, we were, we were running a, a PT test. And you know how you measure a track? 
well, nobody wanted to listen to me because I'm an E4. And I'm like, dude, I, I was in high school track. I was in college track. I know how to measure a track. <laughs> so I was pissed. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm going to be an officer and somebody's going to listen to me. That's <laughs> <laughs> like the best motivation ever. <laughs> and it was always guys. Guys never want to listen to oh, you. No. you know? yeah, especially being a lady. So you got to you gotta find another way to get them to listen. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So what were your duty stations and did you have a favorite one? Um, let's see. So I did basic at, oh gosh, why am I having a brain fart? <laughs> South Carolina, <laughs> Fort Jackson. There we go. Fort Jackson. <laughs> then I did my first DIT was Fort Lee. And then my second one was Fort Sam. And then my first official duty station was Fort Carson. I literally cried. And I called my dad. I was like, I don't want to go back to the cold. He's like, you're going to love it. <laughs> oh, my God. Best duty station ever. You know, it snows. They shut the place down. Party. Oh, my God. We partied so much. The <laughs> mountains. I mean, it, it, anything and everything you wanted was right there. It was, it was, I loved it. I truly loved it. Getting there as enlisted is easy, easier. But as an officer, you literally have to pull teeth to get back there. Wow. That's because they don't have officers coming in trying to shut the party down. I know, right? <laughs> so then I also did, uh, let's see, back to Fort Sam, Korea, Fort Hood, Fort Polk, back to Fort Sam, Fort Brig, and then I retired out of Fort Sam. Wow, you did some traveling. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> did which one was your favorite? Carson. Carson. Carson and then Carson and San Antonio are my top two. But when you're a instructor, San Antonio is not so fun because every time you see a student, you're like, "Get away! You can't be near me." Yeah, yeah, you're like, but, um, "That sounds like Pensacola." Mm-hmm. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Have you spent time on both? I don't know. Like this is probably gonna sound really horrible. I don't know where all of those places actually are. But have you spent time on the West Coast and the East Coast? I mean, Carson was the closest I got to the West, and Fort Lee, yeah, Fort Lee was probably the closest I got to the East. Okay. So with your mod- modification of the East and the West Coast, and Carson is favorite. You, right. Which coast would you choose? Oh, I did have a good time at Fort Lee, but I was only there for school. Oh. I was there for I yeah I was there for ILE and I lived in a hotel so it's like saying Pensacola is my favorite place <laughs> but I wow that's a t- I would have to say I still think it's Fort Carson so the West Coast oh, cheers to the yeah West Coast. we're so, taking that West it's so funny because my dad was like you'll love it I'm like no way and then you did <laughs> mm-hmm. I did I did awesome. Oh, I want to go there now because you just make it seem like the place to be. We can stop oh my there God, on it. our way to the PNW. That's right. Oh my gosh, you got to go. It's so much fun. So much place. So many places to go. Well, Cripple Creek, go gambling. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when we're headed that way, we'll maybe we'll, um, p- you can come meet us up here from San Antonio and go with us to Fort Carson. Yeah. Oh yeah. Road trip on. We'll just pick people yeah. up along the way. It'll just be a veteran party. Oh, blast. That would be a blast. (laughs) It'd be so much fun. Schwartz-Davidson Law is a Texas-based, veteran-friendly law firm. Credit and debt is a big game. 
and one rigged for you to lose. The system's designed to keep you in it, spending money and juggling different types of accounts so lenders feel more comfortable lending you money. Worse credit equals worse rates, and there's no shortage of companies trying to collect. Negative reporting is an attempt to collect a debt. So what happens when a debt collector or credit bureau makes a mistake? What happens when they refuse to fix it? That's when it's time to lawyer up with Schwartz Davidson Law. Call the folks who started in credit restoration, got a law degree, and have been holding the credit bureau's feet to the fire to protect consumers and help you take hold of your financial future instead of letting the anxiety of it run you. How do you get a debt collector to stop calling? Let them know you've got an attorney. How do you get the best deal on a settlement? With an attorney. You don't have to break the bank to fix your credit or deal with debt collectors. Contact the attorneys at Schwartz Davidson Law for a free consultation and let us go to battle for you. We're here when you need us. So I know with all that time in and with the, the journey that you've taken that you have a great active duty story you can tell us today. Uh, you want funny or what kind of story would you like? <laughs> we, call them, so like we call them sea stories in the Navy and they're like kind of like the fun, obnoxious, people aren't um, what we did kind of story. Well, let's see. When I first started, my dad drove me to the MEP station. And as we're driving there, because I'm you know, getting ready to go to basic training, my dad was like, did you pack a roll of duct tape? And I'm like, duct tape? What? what the hell dad? He's like, you know how you are. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, you need it. You need it for your mouth. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> God. Cause I was 25 when I went to basic training, I did really good except for two issues, two issues at basic. First issue was I, I was really good at PT. So they kept sending me to KP duty, you know, at the, at the dining facility which was great because I was so hungry. Oh my God, I've never been so hungry in my entire life. <laughs> they would send us to KP and uh, while I was there, you know, all my friends would be like, bring food back. Well, my uniform, I was in a size, I think they gave me a size medium and I was should have been a small. So I would stuff apples and oranges in these little cakes that were in cellophane wrappers in my uniform. And then the drill sergeant would come get us and he'd be like, group, attention. And as I go to attention, I could just hear the cellophane inside there going. And I'm like, oh, shit, he can hear this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So then it'd be right face. And it's like, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to bust me out. And so I would, I would sing as loud as I could when we marched because I didn't want him to hear me. I'm like, oh, shit. So, and then I got busted eating in the barracks. <laughs> so once, so that after that, I was like, okay, from now on, I'm going to eat in the bathroom because I'm so hungry. <laughs> I would just go in there and just eat like, I bring apples and all this sort of stuff. But then, you know how you have mandatory fun time when you're at basic? Well, I was there for um, 4th of July. So they, and you know, my unit was all, our group was all females, but there was females that couldn't pass PT. So we're all on a diet. Well, I was actually three pounds away from being put on the underweight where they actually make you eat more food. So I was start, literally starving. I'm like, this sucks. But I was really good at my PT. So they would send me to KP and all that crap. So we go to the, the mandatory fun, 4th of July, and there's vendors out there selling candy, soda, you know, all this crap that we weren't supposed to have. So I literally went and bought a six pack of Mountain Dew, a giant bag of Skittles, I sat down and ate and drank all of it. 
So the next day, somebody ratted me out to my drill sergeant. He brings me in. He's like, PSD Stoscope, did you have candy and soda at the 4th of July fireworks? And I was like, drill sergeant, yes, I did. And he just, he stopped. He was like, oh, shit. He was ready for me to lie. He said, no, I didn't. He didn't even know what to say. He was like, he, he tried to keep a straight face. Just go. Just and he go. Did. He's like, just go. get out. Just get out. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> You're like, look at me. I'm starving. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, yes, I did. But I was like, what are you going to say to me? I'm your, one of your top PT people. You keep sending me to KP because I max out the PT test. So you're going to punish me because I ate and drank stuff we weren't supposed to, but I can pass the PT test. So, And then the other one was I needed the duct tape two days before graduation. My drill sergeant made me check everybody's uniforms when you go to do your, your practice. And of course, we got these girls that are always like always late. And this drill sergeant, it wasn't my drill sergeant, but he was from another platoon. He came in, he's yelling at me that I'm late. And I just went off. I was like, I wouldn't be late if it wasn't for you making me do this because of these stupid girls. And I was like, oh shit, I'm not going to graduate. <laughs> so my parents came to graduation. And of course, my drill sergeant told my dad what I did. And I was like, well, at least I graduated. <laughs> like, I got through. They didn't kick I me. I made it. <laughs> so did you have to go to boot camp again after you made officer? Yeah, well, yeah, we have an officer basic training. I wouldn't call it a camp, really, but course. Yes, it's a course. We call so, it yeah. work school in the Navy. So it used to be considered, it used to be like six months long. And then when I went, gosh, I think we were six or eight weeks. So, but back when it was six months long, those guys used to drink and everything. I'm like, what? where's ours? You know, but I mean, they had a, in our schoolhouse, they actually had a bar down in the, the basement part of it, but they didn't have that when I was there. So it went from six months to like six or eight weeks, but it's nothing like basic training. N nothing like that. So I guess it sounds like school, like A school or C school or whatever, kind of. Is it yeah. the same, like, in the Navy, we called it knife and fork school, and it's where they went and learned, like, proper etiquettes and different things like that that comes with what's required of them to be an officer? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like basic training, but more of an officer and gentleman type. You know what I'm saying? Because um, there were people that had no clue, n no clue about anything about military. So they still had to learn how to put their uniform on, put it on right, you know, do all the basic DNC, those sort of things. So, I mean, you still had those things, but then you had like more of the officer leadership courses. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm still thinking about you like walking through boot camp with the rappers in your <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> I still laugh at that. <laughs> I'm telling you, we marched, we were at the we had to go to the World War II barracks that we stayed in. And it was like <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so as exciting as your career has been and, and as excited as Amber and I are to talk to you about it eventually you do have to get out. How was your transition from this military life that you have known forever to being a civilian or a veteran? I'm not gonna lie, that was rough. That, yeah, okay. So 
as an officer, if you don't get picked up for the next rank, then you get like six months and they, they, you get out and you retire. Well, I could retire. Some of them, there's some people that didn't have enough time in to retire. So they would transition into things like the guard or the reserves or something like that. But I had enough time for retirement. So I retired. But at that time, the military was literally half of my life. And when I said that, you know, I found my people, my tribe, not everybody, of course, is your, your people or tribe, but I felt more accepted in the military and I had a purpose. Never questioned a day in my military career about purpose in life. So getting out, I was also going through, um, my mom had Alzheimer's. And I was, we were moving her from North Dakota down to Texas, San Antonio, because the, the care was actually a thousand times better than what she could get up there. And for half the, half the price. Um, and that way I could be near her. But so it was, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. I went through a very dark time in my life. Didn't get my VA stuff done until a year after I got out. So I was living off of you know, half a pay, less than half a paycheck, worrying about my mom, worrying about my dad, and having no purpose in life. So it, it was a dark time for me. I think if my mom wasn't going through the issue that she was, and I went immediately into another job, it would have been totally different. But yeah, that was that was rough. The last I'm not gonna I'm just getting into enjoying being retired. Just just recently, I mean, almost four years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is, you know, dealing with my mom and then my mom passed and then my, uh, my great Dane, he, he passed and then dealing with my dad, my dad broke his neck a year ago and the doctors all said that he should have been dead with the type of break he had. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm not gonna lie. It's been rough. I, you know, right before I uh, got out, I, my PTSD came to fruition. It's like, you know, in a time when I should be having a good time, I was out scuba diving or I was on a scuba diving vacation and it popped its ugly head up. And I was like, whoa, this isn't, this isn't normal. And so I started, you know, getting treatment for that. Yeah, it was, it was rough. You know, sometimes life sucks, but you do what you can to keep doing going. And I tried to focus more on other people instead of just sitting there and dwelling on the bad for me, which kept me going, I think. In doing these interviews that we've had such a privilege to do, we've really learned that a lot of people struggle with learning how to function without that tribe and without that structure and without that, because you spend, like the military brings you in and they break you down and they train you how to be a soldier or a sailor or an airman. And then they don't do the same thing on the back end and they just throw you out in the world. And you don't know how to function. Yeah. You didn't have that boot camp per se to prepare you for life outside of the military. Like you had it yeah. for life inside the military. You know, they, they do have these classes they make you go to, you know, resumes and all that sort of stuff, which is good. But honestly, I, you seriously. Life though, and that's the hardest. It doesn't. And they really should make you go see. I don't necessarily mean 
think you have to have a psychiatric thing or anything like that, but just somebody to talk to and give you like, Hey, this is what the real world's going to be or not the real world, but what I call the, it the real world. <laughs> yeah. Real life world. after the military. Cause uh, you know, all my friends are like, we're always like, welcome to retirement. And I'm like, you know, I, I talked about retirement and wanting to retire, but it kind of wasn't on my terms because I didn't, you know, make my next rank, but, but I did get to retire, which was my goal, but they don't tell you how, you know, what to expect and how to deal with things. I did a job interview on a, on a phone once and it, the guy was like, literally, I, I swear to God, he thought all military people were like the people from full metal jacket. All, we're all baby killers and that's all we do. And yeah. the job he was like, this company, you know, prays before and at, before everything they do. Do you have a problem with that? I said, well, in the army, we pray before and after everything we do. <laughs> the yeah. rest of the conversation, all he could say was, really? And I'm like, we're not baby killers like you all seem to think. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You pray a lot in the military, and a lot of people don't understand that, but you, you pray a lot in the military for all different <laughs> you really do oh my goodness yeah yeah and people will be like well what's your religion and i'll be like well whatever i'm like whoever's gonna come save me they have one but you don't go to war and see the things that you see at war and not believe in a higher power and not have someone to talk to when you need to agree and i'm not a super religious person i really am but then at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm like, you don't go there and do the things you have to do and see the things you have to see and not believe in something like something. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, honestly, some of my, the best chaplains were military and yeah. I, but with my mom, I did have a lady, they asked if I wanted somebody and I said, sure, I would rank her up there with some of my best army chaplains. Yeah. Just honest to God, just straight shooter. Didn't, you know, BS me and told me some really good stuff that made me feel at ease. So, all right. And then how are you doing now that you've kind of settled into retirement? Well, so I have noticed that for me, if I don't work out, my dark side can come around. I get, you know, I can get depressed and then it's just a horrible circle. So I keep working out. I did stop for almost a year because of my dad with his uh, broken neck, you know, not necessarily something I wanted to do, but it, it happened, but I'm back into it. So I'm, at, I'm working out at least three days a week, but now I have really been focusing on remodeling my house. And it's funny because uh, a lot of my friends are like, I'm going to start renting you out and stuff. And I'm like, Hey, whatever. And, but I'm like, I seriously understand why some people get paid the amount of money they do after doing these things, I'm like, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. It's hard as you know, your body hurts. It's, but I'll tell you is some of the best uh, feelings you get is like, I did that, you know, so yeah, I've been doing that. And then of course, my my fitness business, but you know, I don't know if I've been working it like I should. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely send me a link to whatever if you have a website or a social media or something, and we'll put it up in the show notes to promote your veteran-owned business. Sure, thanks. Who, um, we talked to someone else who does fitness. Oh, it was Lewis. Yeah, he does it out of Tennessee. Was he in Tennessee? Oh, I was going to say, I know, a, I know a guy that was doing stuff. In- oh, gosh, where was he? He uh, Nashville. He was in Nashville, but he sold it and went back to work in DOD. 
Yeah. What was Lewis's name? Lewis Stockley. Lewis Stockley on Instagram. He's a he was in the army. He was. Oh. So yeah, he's a fitness trainer. He's a fitness coach. He has all this stuff. If you want to. Yeah, he's on Instagram. If you have an Instagram and want to check him out, cool. He's got. He's pretty passionate about it. Yeah, honestly, I. <laughs> fitness is so important. It, it just you know mentally for me, mentally fitness has been probably my lifesaver at times. Honestly, but it's not your number one thing if you want to lose weight, <laughs> which is, you know, some people believe that it's not. Oh, it's cheers sleep. to that. Sleep is number one. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Sleep is number one. Then it's your diet and then it's exercise. Mm-hmm. From the words of our favorite dietitian herself. I guess I'm going to well, all of it the wrong way. Dietetic. Dietetic. Dietetician. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like in the army, it's one and the same. Well, yeah, sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you had advice for anyone that was either getting ready to become a veteran or has been struggling to find their way for quite some time, what advice would you give them? Okay. So if, you, if you've got time to plan, obviously make sure you do all your, all your stuff for your VA stuff. Get that all in there because I'm just finding out. Actually, my, uh, my VA doctor... <laughs> <laughs> discovered something that I didn't even know about kidney issues that nobody in the army ever told me about. So definitely take the time to think about yourself. Cause like we said, when you get out, you're nothing but a number you're replaced as easily as you were brought in. But if you're thinking of doing anything, I don't, I don't care what it is in the world. Uh, I had a Colonel that was a nurse. She, she got out and wanted to learn to repair small engines, whatever you want to do. Get your get your certificates or your training or degree while you're still in. And if you can, get some jobs before getting out so you can put that on your resumes or, you know, volunteer so you have experience. But try to get those items before you get out. That way you can, you know, say you've got the items you need education-wise and then you've got experience as well. And that also network. Network, network. Oh my God, with everything being online these days, better for you to know somebody that's at that company so they can give you a recommendation because the computers will spit you out. Oh, yeah. If you don't put the exact words that they're looking for, they won't ever even see your resume. Exactly. Exactly. Something though that I wish for me, I guess it's just super important to like to really plan and have some. Have a plan before you get out, and no one said so that to me. Like I was on my own when I decided to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Are you staying yeah. in? Going to go deploy, or are you getting out? And I'm like, bye. Let me go sit in tap class for two days, and then check you later. Yeah. I don't even think I got all my because you know they make you go around with your little checklist and get all these things signed up. I don't even think mine was finished, but I still got my shit and I was gone, and like that was it. Yeah, you hit yeah. The- you you had just enough to get your DD two fourteen. Yep. You're like, well, you know, oh, I don't it, have to show proof of this. I'm gonna just sign it off myself. <laughs> right. But even when I, mean, I went plan, to medical, I went to dental. Yeah, because you had to pick up your records. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. The ones, the ones where I had to take something to the personnel department so that they would give me my DD two fourteen. I went to those, but like the ones where I didn't have to like take anything to like, I was just like. <laughs> I definitely thought about that. I'm not gonna lie. But even 
So here's the sad thing. Even with even having a plan, because when I was enlisted and got out, I had my plan. Well, I got hit by a drunk driver, which totally knocked my plan like for loops. So I still got to my goal. It just wasn't in a straight line. It was like a right. roller coaster to get there. So that always, never is. yeah, you know, sometimes people say, yeah, some people say don't, don't have a backup plan because then you're planning, you're, you're planning to fail. But I'm like, no, that's called life. I, I mean, it's just life. Given Tuesday, like, yeah, because that's important to remember too. Like you can have a plan and you could be like, I want to go from A to B and this is how I want to get there. And then you start and work out that way. And if you're not willing to like bank that curve, then you're just going to hit that wall and you're done. And then where do you go from there? So it's also important to exactly to just kind of like, this is my end game. This is my start game, but it's okay. If the route doesn't take me directly there, it's okay. Yeah. A a lot of people don't understand that. I mean, nothing I did in my life, I think was in a straight line, not one thing except for maybe my exit (laughs) that might've been in a straight line, but everything else, like, going to college. I mean, I started, then I quit following a guy, then I went back to college. And, you know, I mean, I started in one state, went to another state. It's just, it's all over the place, you know? So, but if you've got like a goal, just keep that goal in mind. Yeah. You're not going to get there in a straight line. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't. Yeah. And then, you know, or you you get pregnant at three weeks after you get out. Oh, Lord. No. <laughs> I'm 52. That's not happening. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, you know, have your goal. And if it's something you're passionate about, keep it, keep it there. I don't care if people are your best friends, if they can't support you on your goal. Oh. And when I say support, you know, they don't necessarily cheers. Hello. That's I, 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 a huge cheers. Yeah, if they can't support you, then you know you need to you need to let the door hit you in the ass because it's like, look, yeah. I have a goal. Yeah. This is what I what I want in life. You know, either you can be my friend and be there with me and support me, or you can Go. be on your own. Yeah, or you, you know? can don't drag me down with your stuff. Yeah, yeah. I That's mean, we don't all have the same goals, but it you know like they always say you you support each other on what it is that you want out of life you know it's just whether or not if if somebody else is gonna you know bring bad stuff into your life then of course you definitely need to get rid of them but right you can still support each other and have different goals in life yeah just like toxic vibes are toxic vibes and it doesn't matter where they're coming from you got to like wave them off exactly and not build that air traffic controller term i know Wave off, wave off, bad vibes, wave off. <laughs> the runway is button. Cut sling load. <laughs> like passion the button because they're not listening to you. <laughs> this asshole isn't doing what I'm telling him to do. Yeah. Oh, good old air traffic controller life right there. <laughs> you are not clear to land. You are not clear to land. <sighs> wave off. Go around. Yeah, and then the other thing I would tell people to do is that if you've got people that you are really close to, but they're still active and you're still in the area that they are, set up a, a monthly or bi-weekly luncheon or dinner, something. Get together, talk, relax, stress, you know, relieve stress, whatever. 
but yeah, because that's some, I've noticed males, males have a hard time dealing with some of this stuff too. Yeah. They don't like to talk about it, but yeah. They do. Set it up. We make them. Yeah. We've had some really solid breakthroughs on this podcast with a few a few guests that, that I've been blessed to help them get there. It's just funny because, you know, like I went through some things and some of my friends were still active, so they weren't understanding. But now that they're retiring or, you know, being forced to retire for whatever reasons, you know, now they're like calling me saying, hey, what'd you do? How'd you do this? How'd you get through this? And it's like, now I can kind of laugh about it because I'm like, look, there were nights where I cried about stuff. You know, I was upset. I felt lost. I was, it was dark, you know, had no goals, purpose, whatever. You got to think about what it is that you're passionate about. Go for it. Nobody is stopping you now. There's nobody saying that you got to be, you know, here or there or whatever. You can do what you want to do and just do it. Just do it. Yeah. That's, that's this podcast. I was like, Amber, let's just do it. And she was like, all right. And we just got together one night on Zoom because we live in two different areas. But we just said, we're going to do it. And we got on and we did it. And I edited it and I threw it out there just to see what would happen. And now three months later, here we are. And and it's incredible. And we are, I thought forever I was going to have to like farm out my friends, <laughs> my better friends, like be on my podcast because you are my friend and because you should. And it's been, Amber, when was the last time we interviewed someone that we actually knew beforehand? It's been a while. So, um, what's her face? Your friend <laughs> in Virginia. Oh yeah. Keisha. Was Keisha. She the one? That's been a long time. Yeah. And That's Jen. awesome. And it's great. Keisha and Jen. Yeah. Well, no, you knew George a little bit. Kinda. Yeah, George. Yeah, our coasty George. Kind of a little bit though, but he's not like someone in your life now, is he really? Yeah, he is. He's still a friend. We spent I spent a lot of time with like his family and and things like that. So he was someone that, and he was Coast Guard, and we needed someone in the Coast Guard. So I totally used that connection to get him on here. But it's been so cool, and it's it's great that people are liking what we're doing and that they're willing to come on here and talk about their stories like you did, like the hard times and the – because that's important. We don't like to talk about that stuff. And then people getting out and trying to find their way now don't know about it. And if we're not willing to talk about it, then they don't know we're going through the same things, and then that makes them feel alone. So – if we can get even just one or two people that are in a hard place to feel like their stories are similar to one of our guest stories and that they're not alone and what they're feeling is normal and okay, even though it sucks, then we're we're on a good path. Then we're doing something. You know, that that's awesome because my, my physical therapist uh, got me into the scuba diving and it's with a, a group called uh, Dive Pirates. And they were organized or, or developed because the one gal, her dad was actually Army. He, I think he was a drill sergeant. But he, she created that company to help wounded veterans. And, but she doesn't limit it to just veterans, you know, civilians as well. But the thing is, is that I've never been scuba diving. And, you know... Riding a bike and forgetting how to ride a bike and falling over and skinning your knee is one thing. Forgetting what you're doing and possibly drowning is another thing. So that's kind of what brought out my PTSD. But when I was ever feeling bad, like I went one year, I went the year right after my mom had passed. So I was, I, I went for a very specific reason because I was like, I don't want to sit at home 
because I know what'll happen. I'll just get depressed and it'll just really be bad. So I went there and, you know, scuba diving, diving is fun. It's calming. But to see people that are in a wheelchair, scuba diving and doing it better than me, I'm like, and some of them you wouldn't even know sometimes that they were in a wheelchair if you, if you hadn't seen them on land because they're that good at it. And I'm just like, wow, this is, it's inspiring. Okay. It makes you feel good. It's just, and, and it's fun. You get to see things that are really cool. Like the first time I saw a shark, I thought it was going to die, but <laughs> it, it was a nurse shark. It was like, what were those things? Like a, a catfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. It was awesome. So, you know, for the dive pirates that I, I see how, like what they do is kind of how you, what you guys are doing for for people that you know going through stuff. Yeah, it's important for us to be all inclusive and not focus on rank or awards or anything like that. Like we just want to know who you are and what you did, and that's yeah, yeah. that's been really cool because people are are excited about coming on and telling their stories when we don't care if they had a purple heart, not to take away from any of those people that did that stuff, but the ones that didn't are the ones that feel the most alone in my opinion, because they don't feel like, like they can hold their cup of water to something like that. And it's, yeah, I I agree. Sometimes I think like, Oh, I didn't do all these great, wonderful things, but every once in a while I'll get an old soldier that uh, I was a commander or instructor or something. And they'll come back and be like, you know, you really helped me with this or that. And, and then it's like, wow, I feel good. Yeah. I feel real good about that. And, but when I'm going through a bad thing and if I put it on Facebook, I've got every once in a while, I've got some friends that are like, Hey, do you understand how inspiring you are to me? And I'm like, no. And they'll tell me stuff and I'm like, okay, you know what? Stop feeling sorry for yourself. You know, drive on (laughs) life isn't as bad as you think it is and oh by the way people people think you're doing a good job so it's so cool all right so if anyone would like to contact you either about your fitness business which is super cool that you do that or just to talk to you in general about life or if they have further questions where can they reach you at Uh, so my business website is aim the number two befit.com i'm on facebook but some of these things I only have set up for friends. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm also on Twitter, aim to be fit. Okay. A-I-M, the number two, B-E-F-I-T.com. Perfect. So if anyone would like to reach out to Petrina, send her a line and, and she'll, she'll chat with you. Scale Executive Search is a veteran-owned and operated search firm serving aerospace tech and startups. They've managed to set themselves apart by not only understanding the job market, but also ensuring their candidates and clients are invested in not only their careers, but also themselves and their families. Amber, do you want to talk a little bit about the charity that we've chosen to support this episode? Sure. So not only are Amanda and I continuing to support Silvahala Project, and their mission to bring about mental health awareness in 22 a day in veterans and veteran suicide. But we have also chosen to support the Fallen Outdoors, which is an organization across the entire country. It takes veterans, veteran ran, veteran founded organization that takes veterans hunting and fishing. You don't have to be a combat veteran. You don't have to be any special kind of veteran, kind of 
what Amanda and I are doing when we when we talk to y'all. As long as you have a honorable discharge on your DD-214, they will take you hunting and fishing. Um, and they can be found at thefallenoutdoors.com. You can also help us support Silva Hollow Project and The Fallen Outdoors by purchasing some of our merch through Bonfire. We have hoodies, long sleeve shirts, and t-shirts, tank tops. Yeah. That's on Bonfire. Amanda will post that. And then we also have koozies and stickers that you can uh, message Amanda directly if you want to hook up with those. Absolutely. We'll get you set up with a koozie or a sticker. How can they drop us a line? Where can they find us, Amanda? They can find us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Veterans Drinking Vodka, or they can email us directly at veteransdrinkingvodka at gmail.com. Please reach out to Amanda and myself um, if you're interested in merchandise or if you would like to come on our podcast and uh, tell us your story. The email, what Amanda mentioned, at VeteransDrinkingVodka at gmail.com or uh, direct message on any of the social media platforms. Also, if you like our podcast, subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you choose to listen to your podcasts. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think, good, bad, ugly, and different. We love constructive criticisms. By no means are we professional podcasters. And also, by leaving us a review and a rating on our podcast, it helps with the algorithm. Algorithm. And it allows for more people to find our podcast and maybe help an extra veteran or two. On top of the podcast, you can also join us every Sunday for Veterans After Hours via zoom we start at 7 p.m central standard time we are hanging out telling stories sharing resources and meeting new friends we do have to put the disclaimer out there that it is a group of veterans it is a veteran networking situation even though everyone is invited civilian active duty veteran but it is an open forum and it is uncensored so enter at your own risk The whole reason why Amanda and I are doing this is to bring about mental health awareness in veterans and the fact that um, 22 veterans kill themselves every day. 22 is 22 too many. One is too many. And you are never alone. Veterans drinking vodka. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.